Good day, welcome to the Travel Companion Podcast. Special guest today is Anushka via Skype, living in Amsterdam at, uh, at the moment uh, in Barcelona. Anushka is partner with Tours That Matter, which is launching on the 1st of April this year. And I met Anushka at the World Travel Market in London a couple of months ago. Now, here on the podcast, we talk about responsible travel, sustainable travel, volunteering, wellness travel, and uh, we touch on organizations and people that are doing the right thing or are trying to do the right thing. Tourists That Matter is the first ever real sustainable tour company of Amsterdam, and hence I have them on the show uh, because this is an organization that's starting up and it's doing it in the right way. So there's a lot to talk about. Fantastic to have her on the podcast. Without further ado, here is the podcast with Anushka from Holland. Goedemorgen. Goedemorgen. Alles goed? No, yeah, zeker. Hi, good day. We're here with um, Anushka, Anushka Trouske uh, of Tours That Matter in Amsterdam. Are you in Amsterdam at the moment, uh, Anushka? Or? No, at the moment I'm actually not. Hi, uh, good day. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me for this uh, podcast, Peter. Mm-hmm. I uh, I actually moved to Barcelona for uh, for these three months. Okay. So uh, at the moment I'm uh, I'm based there, and from April I'll be back in uh, in Amsterdam again when we're officially launching our tours. And that's on the first of April, correct? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. And I met you obviously at the World Travel Markets um, in in London a couple of months ago. Uh, outside the World Travel Market, as a matter of fact. And uh, you were telling me about uh, your organization that you're starting this with um, two colleagues, Berber and Katja Lisa, uh, correct, right? And and what you're saying, uh, it's the first ever real sustainable tour company of Amsterdam. Um, Why do you say that? Yeah. yeah, it's actually really funny because I was thinking about it yesterday that uh, when I met you in, uh, in November, uh-huh. I was still on a completely different mission. Well, not completely different, but I was still uh, alone. So uh-huh. I, I still built a, a platform at that time, which was called Made to be Found, which was um, very much focused on the promotion of, uh, of sustainable initiatives within Europe. And since that time, basically, many things have changed. Okay. And with that, uh, the main thing that I started to work together with uh, with Kachalisa and Berber, yep. which was an amazing surprise because, uh, yeah, I was basically creating the platform. I was creating the connection to the market, but I was at the time really lacking the product that I was actually going to promote. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit for me starting to be difficult. And uh, and the girls uh, have very much developed a, a product. They developed tours that matter. And they realized that they were lacking a plan, uh, a mission, and uh, and a platform. Okay. So everything basically in the last two months very much came together. And uh, with that, so we're kind of going to promote ourselves right now, reaching the market as the first uh, sustainable tour company of Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. But our vision is very much still in line with what I told you back in the days to create a platform for responsible like tourism initiatives in Europe. And with that, we more see also tours, not really as directly only what could be a walking tour, but more as a tour, using it as a tool for change to create basically a sustainable tourism. Uh-huh. So I'm not saying that there hasn't been, because there has been a lot in Amsterdam, a lot of companies trying also to become more sustainable, especially in the last years. But it's always been very much focused on how can we reduce our negative impact in, yep. in the market. Uh-huh. And what we really want to do is change it completely around and only focus on how we can make a positive contribution. Right. Your launch is on the 1st of April. That's also why I'm coming to you. I think it's very important that organizations that do start up 
uh, do so with thinking uh, we have to be responsible in the back of their mind. And that's something that that's obviously you are doing. As a matter of fact, your website, uh, which is not officially live yet, I believe, but I did have a look at it. It says tourists that give back. Um, so you focus on the growth, on sustainable tourism. Uh, is that only in Amsterdam or is that all over Europe or in, in Holland? Uh, where do you see yourself over the next years? Yeah, so we started with this season in Amsterdam and the date of the 1st of April is also a little bit symbolic in this way because uh, by the 1st of April there's a lot of new restrictions and uh, licenses that are being launched by the government which all has had like for the past two years because I've been working in the tourism industry of Amsterdam like the commercial side of it for the past uh, yeah eight years basically. Mm-hmm. And with that, it's always been so much about how can we reduce, how can we reduce? And we just want to give it now as an answer that is kind of like a positive noise to be like, you know, you can also, tourism is a good thing as long as it's organized, like in the right way. And um, my personal view in the beginning, and that was still also what I imagine, was to get completely out of Amsterdam. I wanted to focus on the Balkans to promote like destinations that were still very much growing. But it did feel also kind of like to give up on Amsterdam, to be like, okay, now it's kind of too late there. And there is still an answer and there is still a solution. And right now when we've been talking to so many people, because we've we've kind of put the launch a little bit forward to be able so people can prepare themselves for it. And there's so much contribution and everybody wants to work together in terms of like neighborhoods communities. So it's definitely not too late. So so feedback has been very good, basically, is what you're saying from the people that you're working with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has been really the opposite way of of creating tours. And I think that was the most important. Mm -hmm. Um, That normally when you create a tour, you create it and then you kind of oppose it on the people that kind of have to deal with it in the neighborhood. And what girls did is to go into the neighborhoods, to speak with everybody, to interview everybody, to involve them, and then to create a tour that is kind of built on all these stories of the people. And therefore, they very much agreed with the product that we're delivering. And that's, of course, a good feeling for yourself, mm-hmm. for the tourists that are visiting, yeah. and also for the people of the neighborhood. Absolutely. And obviously, you mentioned the government there. And um, just, just uh, there was an article, a few articles, as a matter of fact, in the, in the British newspapers. I live in, in London myself, even though I'm Dutch. And one of the articles was where not to go in 2020. And they mentioned Bruges in, in Belgium. They mentioned Venice in Italy. Uh, not just because of the floods, but also because of over-tourism. And they also mention Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And what they're saying is that the Dutch tourist boards, the government basically, uh, decided to stop actively promoting the Netherlands as a destination because of uh, the fact that uh, they fear that its cities and attractions were too crowded. Um, Amsterdam has one million residents. They get roughly 17 times that that, that, uh, many tourists each year. Uh, but if they say as well is that if you are going, um, uh, if you decide to to visit regardless uh, of, of, of the fact that they don't really promote it, uh, you should do so in a responsible way. So what you're doing is basically you're, you're going into the right area, right? Yeah, yeah. And I definitely, I mean, I agree also that some limits to growth are, are necessary in, in some places. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely more towards the amount of visitors coming to a city. And what we saw in Amsterdam, what caused a little bit the problems was that there was no regulation in terms of that, not in terms of cruise ship arrivals, flight arrivals. So the people were there. Yeah. But then the limitations were kind of forced on, on companies, for example, to organize the tours. And I think it's such a waste because uh, actually 
organizations and the industry, like of course should get some some responsibility themselves to act towards the problems that are in the city that they are operating, but also towards like governments to support this to kind of that the industry is changing the product that they offer. And I think there's always so much more things that you can do, especially in these like tourism bubbles. You see positive effects when they're kind of imposing time slots, when they're uh, like Amsterdam had for a long time the city imbalance strategy, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was just that it was not given enough time to work together with the organizations in the industry and to teach the tourists about where else you can go. Because I think if you look into the Netherlands also, there's still so many places that are worth a visit and that are screaming for, for tourism and for the for the benefits of it. And I think that's with most cities that there just needs to be focused on what's an alternative. Like what's a good time for when this city could actually be visited. And focused around that, you can so much play with like managing a destination instead of only saying you cannot go there anymore because it also makes travelers feel so unwelcome if yeah, they feel like- that's really bad isn't it i think but hey yeah 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 uh- so therefore, I mean, for example, with, with Venice, I remember we went on a on a trip there uh, last summer with a camper, okay. and I also felt a little bit like, okay, Venice is not really a right place to visit, mm-hmm. but uh, we took like a, an eco camping, which was 25 minutes away from there. Mm-hmm. Then we went to visit like the, the cities around Venice, basically, which were just as beautiful or some even maybe more beautiful and especially more cheap but you could see that no one was even like there was not even a bicycle path to take so right. it's very much like around these cities there can still be so many products that are developed that will kind of take away this like pressure from from the area and it's simple things i think even if you still look into the map that is drawn by tourism boards by every city like we want people not to go to main squares main shopping streets and everything but still if you see what is marked on every map it's always that yeah. so you can't really blame tourists either for getting stuck into those areas if they're not really giving good alternatives what to visit mm-hmm. and that's what you're doing obviously yeah yeah so that's kind of uh, the plan uh, for us, well, to focus on the on the neighborhoods as well, what, what for us is really important in terms of the positive impacts is to also focus around the, the social aspect. So the tours are very much focused on conversations at the moment that need to matter. So it's not only about how the visitor is currently uh, engaging with the city, which should just be in a, in a positive impact way, mm-hmm. but it's also to plant seeds of change. So we want to have conversations with people openly about everything. It's about sustainability, about tolerance, about like subjects that, that are important to talk about. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned the restrictions which are going to be imposed by the uh, the, the Amsterdam government. Um, how are you going? To, what are they? And how are you going to work around them? So basically, um, for us, so there's there's a group size number of 15 people that uh, that is going to be reduced, which for us personally is not so much the problem because we're already having uh, groups of 15. And I think in certain, like, it just needs to make sense. But I think in every city to have a certain group size number is not really a bad thing. For the rest, uh, there is also uh, a tax that is coming to, to all the tourists that are taking tours. Which is, of course, something like what I would find a shame, because what we want, of course, to create with our tours is that it's not something that is only for people with money. Like, it should be that everybody has access to any type of tour. What kind of tax are we talking about, if I may ask? 
So this is a tour tax. So we already had last year that it was like increased in tax for, for hotels and, uh, and hostels, like accommodation tax. Yep. And this specific tax is for, for attractions and for tours. That is, being, is that uh, based on a percentage or is that based on each tour, each person has to pay a set amount? It's one euro fifty. I yeah, okay, sure. because I, I was actually, I went to King's Day um, uh, last year, which was very yeah. nice. And uh, I was in a hotel and they wanted to charge me tax. But I said, well, but I'm Dutch. Why are you charging me tax? And well, obviously a tourist tax because I'm not a tourist. I'm Dutch. But yeah. I still had to pay no matter what. Uh, <laughs> so that was really, I actually saw quite a few really nice uh, developments there when I was walking around. Uh, every time you buy a soft drink or a beer, um, you get a plastic glass, but you have to pay one euro uh, for that plastic glass. I've never seen that anywhere else. I thought it was fantastic because, because you actually you have to bring it back if you want to get your euro back. And if you don't bring it back and you put it down somewhere, uh, there's plenty of people that just walk around and pick up those glasses and make some extra money that day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think for like for the last months, I've been kind of focused on everything that's going on in Amsterdam, and there's so many incredible like initiatives. But I think that's everywhere over Europe. Like why I kind of started to get into the responsible tourism of, of Europe was that. For me, it was always such a niche market. And when I was thinking about like ecotourism, I was always thinking to take like to go to homestays or to take like eco trips to Africa or Asia. Mm-hmm. But I also never really knew what exactly it meant in Europe. And and when I, that's why I, I left on a trip like for a couple of months with a camper to kind of check around what, what there is actually. And there's so much like amazing projects existing. It's just sometimes that people who have the most fantastic ideas that are kind of idealistic ideas sometimes like they're not the same people that have this marketing power like the marketing power is often in the hands of these big attractions and that's why we keep on seeing always the same so that's kind of what i wanted to do with the with the platform was look at this like ideas of positive impact and kind of create like commercial background for that mm-hmm. because if it stays like a responsible tourism stays such a niche market then we're never going to have an impact that we kind of want to have, but it is at a time right now that it should be everybody and that it should be something attractive and accessible and also fun because I think our tours sometimes sound a little bit serious, but by the guides that are doing them because it's such a storytelling idea, it's mm-hmm. still the idea that, that it's also the best experience, of course, for the tourist itself. Yeah, now I, I saw that uh, you really aim at the uh, the art of storytelling. You have colonialism to fair trade. Uh, you have Amsterdam and tolerance and migration. Uh, in there, uh, you talk about the uh, the resistance during the uh, occupation in the Second World War, and also the resistance that was not there and why it wasn't there. And I always think that that that, for example, really interests me. And um, you also talk about a place where Theo van Gogh, uh, van Gogh uh, was uh, murdered uh, in 2003. Um, that was is that that is that dark tourism? Is that is that comparable to Chernobyl, or is that just something that you can talk about and give a little bit of background um, about the multicultural society of Amsterdam? Definitely. I think for us, like what we want to get away from, and that's also like there's so much pressure on on sites. Mm-hmm. And actually, cities are so much built on history, but in terms of stories. So for us also, these were stories like the murder of Theo van Gogh and also stories of the Second World War that uh, we used to tell in the city center. But now actually in this tour, we're taking the people to the location where it actually happens. And right. to share the stories with them there makes it come very much alive. Mm-hmm. 
And it is kind of that we choose these teams not not to think like this is dark, like all the, the tours were decided on because of an important theme um, in Dutch history. So we think about colonialism, um, think about tolerance, like something that has always come back. Mm-hmm. But then it has to be mixed with something that is a social issue today. So that's why we mix colonialism with, with fair trade. And we mix tolerance with migration. And then the last part of it is that there has to be like a special, we call it like the special key to it. And that's kind of where we focus on the future. So then all the tours are linking with a community project that is like towards those themes that we discussed, basically focusing on co-creating the future. So in the tour of tolerance and uh, migration, we are ending with a community center in uh, in Amsterdam East, which is an example of, of 88 different, um, yeah, how do you say that, different backgrounds, different ethnic groups that are working there together to create the neighborhood and to do all sorts of activities together. And then the tourists, like, they go there, but also the neighbors are so interested that they really, they go eat together, they cook together, they can have a dance class together. And that's such a great example of, of how you can focus on how to do it right, just to give a practical example. Yeah, that's exactly what my question was going to be. How are you actually going to give back to the communities and give back to Amsterdam, but you're actually meeting with the communities and uh, having meals with the communities and obviously involving them also, I suppose, for their financial benefit. Is that correct? or? Yeah, yeah. So I think definitely that that what you can see superficially for is that every uh, part of the ticket that people purchase for these tours will go to the to the project that we are working with. But I do think that the deeper impact that we saw is also because it's topics that we talk about that also still are very tense within the neighborhoods because still in this in this neighborhood of the Amsterdam East that is one of the most diverse neighborhoods that we that we have migration is is a topic that also the people there need to talk about and for us to go out there to speak because our tours like also have to be for locals like they have to be just as interesting for tourists as for locals and I think to basically bring these conversations up again but in a way that it's not like focused on what are the negative aspects, but what are the positive stories about this. Like people also start to think about it again. And in the end, we see that that's causing more movement towards the communities than to only give the financial uh, contribution. Mm-hmm. I think with everything, it, it has to be all three aspects. Like we wanted to set this company to focus like on the environmental issues to discuss with people, like to talk about sustainability, to talk about how you can travel in a responsible way, what you can change to kind of teach the tourists then to focus on the social uh, aspects, like to discuss them. Mm-hmm. And then on the last way to, to give an economical uh, contribution to the places that, that need it. So it has to be all three of them. All three of them, fair enough. And, and how do you get to go to these places with your with your groups? Do you cycle there? Do you take public transport? Um, how are you planning on doing that? Yeah, so at the moment we only have uh, by bicycle or walking, and that of course depends a little bit on uh, on how far we have to go. We are also looking into doing tours by boats, working together with a company that does uh, uh, electric uh, boats, because of course those are kind of the three ways that tourists want to move in Amsterdam. Like we do want to stay very close to the demand, because otherwise it's only going to be a niche market. So to see what do the tourists still want, which is of course to bike, to go by boat, and uh, and to do walking tours. So it's these three different ways. You said you want to focus on urban sustainable tourism and, and being responsible in, in the city. Um, they obviously say that uh, if you go somewhere else outside of the city, that is not really sustainable uh, because you have to take transport. So are you focusing in, in the first instance directly on Amsterdam? 
yeah, we are right now focusing on the neighborhoods around uh, around Amsterdam. And for the future, we're thinking about other locations like Lion Holland. We're very, in, in the Netherlands. We're very lucky. To, um, to have, of course, the amazing public transport connections. And I think that this is also because we've been speaking also a little bit to, to the NS, for example, and to the GPB. Oh, okay. yeah. It is organizations that are also very interested right now too, because they know they can make the public transport way much more of an experience than only a way of transportation. Uh-huh. So organizations like this are also interested to, to develop tours, which I think is an amazing opportunity. Yeah, so the NS, just for people that don't know, that's the uh, the railway um, station uh, organization, basically, in, in the Netherlands. That is a lot more sustainable than just traveling by car or taking short flights. Um, I, I saw an article, and they say, basically, Amsterdam is everywhere in, in Holland. So if you go to the beach, uh, Zandvoort aan Zee is the beach resort at Amsterdam. Even the province where I was born in Friesland. Uh, they have been promoting or it has been promoted as the Amsterdam Lake District. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I just think it's very funny. Well, I think it's a little bit contradicting at the moment because like we have in one side going on the change that we shouldn't call the Netherlands Holland anymore. Yeah, I, what is that all about? But I, I don't understand that because now I can just <laughs> say, where are you from? I say, well, I'm from Holland. But now yeah. I have to say I'm from the Netherlands and people are going to ask me what, where, how? And and that just doesn't make sense to me. Why is that? I, I also like I only realized actually how much did we use these two identities when right now they were changing it. I mean, personally for me, I've I've always been uh, as a as a tour guide already in the past correcting people when they said Holland, and I was like, guys, these really? are only two purposes, it's the Netherlands. And I do think it's a good thing because I do think you kind of take away this like okay we have holland which is because we don't call the netherlands holland ever like maybe towards tourists but not when i would be speaking to you in dutch i would never refer to the netherlands as holland so i think we do create it at one point like two different like names for one country and i think if you want to do tourism correctly or create a city correctly like like as a smart city it has to be one destination and that one destination has to be equally shared with tourists with locals with expats with everybody involved and to kind of take away like two different names I think it's a good thing. Right. No, no, I, I totally agree. That said, I have a lot of friends here and they don't think as Holland as two provinces in the Netherlands. They think as Holland as the whole of the Netherlands. So they don't see any difference and they just don't understand it. And I, what they say to me is crazy Dutch. And obviously because I'm Dutch, I can, <laughs> I can say that. But um, that's just, just, just the way. Obviously, they want to do this because they want to have more tourists uh, to the rest of the country. So they say... Um, they want to, they say, well, 17 million tourists in Amsterdam growing to 24 over the next coming years. Uh, they want to spread that out a little bit and uh, they want to move away from undesirable associations with the Amsterdam red light district and the uh, cannabis cafes and they want to encourage uh, exports and 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 tourism um i'm, I'm not sure um how i feel about that uh, i mean all my friends when they go to holland and they go to amsterdam uh, they go to these places anyway so that's not going to change i think but um did, do you have tours going to these uh, these areas yourself or about the red light, we've been we've been really discussing about it because yeah. of, that's an area that as well from uh, from the first of April they're basically abandoning um, tours that go through the main streets of the red light district. Like there is of course a very fair aspect towards it that it grew out to be a, a tourism of of looking at windows. 
that is exactly what the tours are for. And that's why this was one thing that I was personally very much against the band the tours because the tours are there because it's the oldest part of historical Amsterdam, which you cannot avoid when you're doing a tour. And because it's the only way to reach the tourists in a personal way and explain them how important it is to have respect and how to deal with sex workers and to discuss the topic. So when we were talking about whether or not to do a tour in the red light district, we were like, this is an area that people talk about, both about the history of, of, of oppression and, and of inequality and, and all the things that have happened there. That, and also to discuss how you can create in the future a district that, that leads to prostitution in a way where it can be protected. And in the end, we decided to do a tour uh, completely different. So we do a tour that does not take place in the streets, that takes place uh, inside to give people also a fair chance to to talk about it, to not tell them this is what it is, because I don't think you can have an opinion about the Red Light District to say this is what it is. It needs to, to show you what are the good aspects, what are the negative aspects, and to be able to talk to people about this, and especially people from other cultures. It leads to such an interesting conversation about uh, all sorts of themes related to that. So in the end, we got the opportunity to uh, to work together with the only, um, yeah, how do you say that, and NGO, like, yeah, non-profitable brothel that uh, that exists in Amsterdam. Okay. I didn't even know it was there, to be honest. Uh, yeah. What, what is, non, non-profitable brothel. How, what, I don't know exactly how to see that. So how do I see that? Well, it, it, it's basically just only um, a center for, for prostitutes that can work there. And it's not focused around uh, profit. It's focused around education, around sex, and it's focused uh, around uh, safety and, and protection. Wow. Okay. That, that, that's, yeah. a, that's a new one for me. Tours in, uh, in collaboration together with them. Okay. So do you take tours through there or you let them meet the people that work there or how, how do you see that? Yeah, so it will be like the last stop. So of course they will they will have a chance to to look inside and see what it what it really is because that is a bit with the red light district. Everybody just walks by the windows, creating such a distance already, and and looking at at, at prostitutes from such a different way than actually ask the humans that they are and, and to be able to to speak with them. So we're just bringing it uh, bringing it much closer, and uh, and we'll have a room inside there to finish the tour and and talk with people how we can like create this and, and how we can look at sex in a different way instead of such a commercialized business as uh, as what grew out uh, the red light district to be very interesting very interesting okay different topic um we have cities that are basically uh, for example Hallstatt. it's in uh, in austria from what i know and they have 778 people and they get every uh, every day up to 10,000 uh, people because it was basically frozen one of the villages there in the uh, cartoon was based on that uh, on that place and the mayor is basically saying stay away is that what amsterdam is doing or yeah i think also what, what amsterdam was was kind of doing was to take away all the promotion i think for the first time that i really noticed this was actually when i met you in the in the wcm yep. because i was still very much focused on my collaborations with the balkan and then at one point i was kind of like okay i'm gonna go home i'm gonna talk to my amsterdam people yeah. and I, uh, I looked for the stand and it just like the netherlands didn't exist it was just there was nothing which for me was shocking because i think that the power of, of, of promotion and the power of education can be so strong that it's such a waste to basically take this away and that when people like don't know anything or only get into the news don't go there 
Like, I don't think this is enough to, to educate people and that you can do so much more if you would have a stand explaining to people, okay, this is an area that can be visited in this and this time of the year. These are the areas that should be visited around there that, like... It can be a very good thing to uh, to still show up. Yeah, yeah, not to mention the free beer, which I missed out on because I always have <laughs> Heineken uh, normally and it was not, not there this year. But you're absolutely right. I could have promoted different areas um, of the Netherlands and they could have uh, promoted uh, tour organizations like yours that are doing things in a more responsible way and actually making a difference for the communities that they operate in. But they chose not to do so. Do you think that will uh, be the same next year? Will they, or this year, as a matter of fact, 2020 now? Uh, will they still not do anything to promote certain areas and certain ways of, of, of responsible tourism in the Netherlands? I mean, we've been talking a lot uh, together with them as well, and also together with uh, with the movement of the un-tourist uh, un movement that is uh, starting in Amsterdam, yeah. which, which is fantastic. And it's just so much fun also to develop this other type of things where you can involve locals in. It's just that in terms of the, the promotion towards a wider audience, there's not that much going on yet. And I think that this would take like, there's a lot of like energy and money going towards the restrictions and controlling of, of Amsterdam city, which for me doesn't really feel in line with our open and liberal spirit that we should have. And like, I would much more support this money to go into, uh, of course, to help organizations that are focused on a different type of tourism grow and uh, and become market leaders. Sure, I fully agree as a matter of fact. and. Uh, I think actually that traveling and especially traveling to the Netherlands because it's open-minded is, is extremely important for people just to see different cultures, how things can be done in, in the right way. Um, but if you don't encourage uh, people to come there at all, uh, not even um, in a different way, then you're missing out on something, is my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do think we have to learn a little bit from all these effects from from like movies and songs because it's been happening to so many like places in the world from where the Thai Islands, where the beach was filmed to everything that you see, how much of an impact this has that I think tourism has been one of the most unplanned um yeah industries that there are and i think it's just showing more and more that tourism is one of the most places that needs to be planned and needs to be planned within the whole city approach and that it just should be measured from the beginning and i heard some presentations from uh, uh basically northern regions and how finland and how denmark are, are setting up their cities to basically already know from the beginning this is the balance that we can have mm -hmm. and go from there and start the promotion from there and it's so much more Instead of, okay, let's just go crazy and then after that have to deal with putting everything back, then to just set up things right from the beginning. And I think that's where like the industry has to work together a lot with uh, with the public uh, organizations to, to create this balance. It might just be a phase, what they're going through right now, uh, that, that's very well possible. Um, obviously, there are extremely important uh, uh, climate uh, uh, disasters going around the world at the moment. Australia, uh, obviously, is having a lot of things. The uh, PM refused to meet the, uh, the fire chiefs when they said, well, it might be very difficult this year. Um, what, what's your feeling about the Australia and the bushfires? Yeah, it's awful. It's, it's, it's like shocking, especially when you hear that there actually has been people trying to warn about this. And I think that's happening everywhere in the world that these warnings are not being taken, either not being 
I think they're taking seriously, but they're just not really know how to deal with it in a in a primary way. And you get in situations like this, and I think it's 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 shocking. And yeah, my love goes out to everybody there that is uh, close to these uh, fires. And I do think that what is happening, like this this climate emergency, I do see organizations changing towards their climate approach. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit interesting because I was talking about this in a, in a conference the other day uh, when they were also asking us like, yeah, very much to focus on the environmental footprint, which I agree with. And, and especially like you can have an impact not only in your own organization, but especially all the other organizations that you're working with. Like for us, this is with accommodation providers because it's a strategy that you can do together. And we can ask them questions and the tourists can ask them questions, what they're doing actually about their environmental uh, policies to kind of pressure them because many organizations don't want to make decisions because they feel that their travelers are not asking for it which of course is a bit of responsibility that you should provide it but I think as a traveler you can also ask questions about this. Mm-hmm. What kind of questions should you ask? Um, well, I think you can ask every organization at least what their policy is so that they know that people are, because they just want to know that people care about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically, do they give back to the areas where they work in? Um, are you uh, doing anything that, that support local causes, community conservation efforts? Is, is that what you're saying? That people should yeah. ask that when they travel and, and uh, go to a country or take a tour? Okay. Because I think what we've been asking for the last 10 years is, are you not really having a a huge negative impact? But we should start to ask questions like, where are you contributing? Which organizations do you work with? What do you recommend us? Which are areas which you should visit? And like what, what we saw is that right now, this climate emergency that we have is because 10 years ago, we didn't really focus on this huge environmental responsibility of the tourism industry. But that's exactly what's going to happen the same with the social issues, that if this is not going to be an aspect that we're focusing on now, which we can have a huge impact on by tourism, because in the end, tourism creates some of the biggest connections between different uh, different parts of the society. Absolutely. That in 10 years, we're going to have a, a social emergency mm-hmm. absolutely no, I, I totally agree and obviously that's something that you do there's a lot of things going on i when i was in amsterdam as well i uh, saw boats going around the next day after after king's day picking up all the the rubbish um uh, from from the canals there which uh it was very good as well and i believe that there's a lot of uh, bike bicycles uh obviously amsterdam has like a lot of bicycles uh, but they are abandoned and they're being reused. Is that something that you're looking to get into as well in the future uh, for your tours? Yeah, I think what we try is is to work together. Like we don't even want to develop our own tours. Our own tours are basically to give an example right now and to have a product which we want to go to the market in. After that, what we want to do is create a platform for everyone that has an idea of, of a tour in every sort of way that can have a positive impact on an area and to be a promotional channel for them. Okay, fair enough. Uh, where, where can people find you um, if they want to know more about uh, about your organization, know more about your tours, if they want to book something uh, in April when you go live? Um, is there a website uh, address? Is that is it already set in, in stone, that website? or? Yeah, so our website is www.toursthatmatter.com and it is already live. So the only thing you can actually already start booking the tours that are taking place from the 1st of April. If you're in Amsterdam before that, we're also doing actually some uh, free trials just to see because of course the organizations that we are working with are not 
super professional tourism organization. So it is very important for us at the moment to have a lot of trials and see how that uh, how that goes and to also uh, learn them a little bit how, uh, how to deal with tourists. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can either sign up for the trials that we're going to put online and after that for the tours. Also, it's, it's going to be very much a, the, an information website. So what we're already doing, instead of doing tours, is posting a lot of blogs and, and we'll keep on, uh, on focusing on education of, uh, of travelers and providing information before to launch tours. And yeah, from the 1st of April, everybody is more than welcome to come on the tours. I think this summer, uh, definitely we're going to have Amsterdam. One of the reasons also that I'm in Barcelona at the moment is because, of course, for me, Amsterdam and Barcelona have had a very similar both history and an issue at the moment so this would be the second city for us to uh, to come out with uh, with tours that matter in collaboration with other organizations here and i have to say i've been here a week and i'm so impressed already to hear everything that's going on that i hope that maybe even before the summer we will have some products live in barcelona as well oh boy i thought you were just there for the nice weather <laughs> Well, of course, I have to balance always a bit like uh, personal <laughs> happiness. <laughs> no, but it's definitely uh, for work. Okay, great. Is there anything else that you would like to uh, to mention or point uh, people towards? Um... I think what, what for me has been a very important learning lesson was like to not get dragged into tourism is a negative thing. Like it really took me to, I have to get away from Amsterdam. I have to see all the rural tourism initiatives again to believe in, in positive impacts. And it's like, I think traveling cannot be put into, into a light that it's a, that it's a bad thing. It just has to be changed completely. Yeah. And that's something that we can definitely do as long as everybody believes in it. And uh, yeah. No, that's, that's something I definitely believe in. Uh, people say that you shouldn't travel or only should travel um, in your own country. I, f- I think that's, that's wrong and that does not uh, I think that's just close-minded and it creates close-mindedness as well so I think it's very important to travel to different areas different countries and different cultures and see how people really look at uh, at the world there um, I'm sure that a lot of people actually actually agree with that and you certainly do so uh, as long as you do it in the right way and that's obviously where the industry is moving to correct yeah exactly Good. Um, I want to thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely fantastic. We're uh, at 40 minutes at the moment. So <laughs> uh, it's great what you're doing. And so I want to wish you all the success uh, for uh, the 1st of April. And obviously before that as well. When is King's Day? 27 of, uh, of April. Of April. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe I get a free tour out of it before that, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the next day. That's actually, it's a really fun activity to do. Uh, and a lot of boat, uh, boat tours were organizing it last year uh, after King's Day yeah. to go around with boats and pig litter because of course... Oh, you did that yourself as well? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. We organized it also with my old company. It's, it's very fun to do. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Okay, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. That was the podcast with Anushka of Tours That Matter, launching April 1st. It was great to have her on the show. Uh, where links are concerned, you can find them in the show notes and you can also find them on our website. That is podcast.earth as well as atravelcompanion.com. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next time to A Travel Companion for the latest news in sustainable travel.